Hi, Sophie. Hi, Sin. Hi, everyone. And welcome to the Snack Covenant, episode 274. Today, we're talking about a very prominent character in Dark Souls 2. Their name is Ejil. Mm. We never need them, but there's a lot of information surrounding them and their role. Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves with a lot, alright? So, Egil. Egil. Originally, Egil is mentioned in Egil's Idol, mm. which is the name of a bonfire in Iron Keep. Yes. And that is all you're told. It does not tell you anything about who Egil was. They're just a bonfire, and that bonfire is called Egil's Idol. So, let's take ourselves back to the vanilla Dark Souls 2. <laughs> Where exactly is Egil's idol bonfire located? It's inside of a giant... Um, I think the best way to show you actually is uh, it's, it's inside this. <laughs> Sophie, please describe what you just showed me. I am holding up a very rare poster of the Big Merino, which is a giant concrete sheep that used to be in a town called Golben in New South Wales. And it has since been moved. So you cannot get this exact poster anymore. It's majestic. Thank you. Egil's idol kind of looks like this. <laughs> and could you describe Egil's idol in Dark Souls 2 more precisely? So you know a, a, a bull. They're an animal. Imagine the head of the bull was on a very buff man. <laughs> sort of like a minotaur. Okay, okay. Okay. Um. Big, big iron, we assume, statue of that. Iron? Why iron? Well, let's think about where we find it. In Iron Keep? In Iron Keep, uh, just before the old Iron King. Well, I assumed it was made of gold. Well, it gets better. <laughs> because in the uh, Japanese script, it is called Egil's mm -hmm. Iron Statue. Egil's iron statue. Yes. So there's no confusion that the bowl statue inside which Egil's idol bonfire is located is called Egil's idol or Egil's statue. What else would it be? We're just covering all our bases here. That's true, actually. This is, this is like the reflex I have from having been involved in this for so long is that... <laughs> <laughs> Unless you cover every possible, like, explanation, someone is going to yell at you. And even if you do, they'll still yell at you. So, um, yeah, that big, the big um, bull is Agel's idol. Mm -hmm. And um, it has a lot of, like, flamey things inside it. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it's, like, turned on, this, like, flame sort of shoots around all, all around the inside of it. And that it's controlled by a lever. It's at the very top. Um, it's actually inside the bull's nose. You pull the lever and that makes the fire go on and off. Mm -hmm. And also, the bull has like eyes carved and you can look through the eyes as if they're windows. Yeah, it also has an articulated mouth that never opens. 
How do you know it's articulated? Because you can look inside and you can see there's all these like... Um, like cogs or something? Yeah, cogs and stuff that would make the mouth open okay, and close. Okay. And that looks like it's from like the earlier version of the area where that was like a lava waterfall that would come out of the out of the bull's mouth. Um, it's in it's in the one that Sanadius K dug up. So you might remember from when we talked to Acer about this that um Acer didn't actually notice that there was a three story high mechanical bull <laughs> in Iron Keep, and you might think, what a silly man! But this is surprisingly common because a lot of other people in the comments um didn't know it was there either. Because what happens is that you enter through the back and leave through the front, and then it's just a direct straight line to where the Iron King is. Mm-hmm. So unless you turn around, you likely won't see the giant bull. And that's like very different because um, in the old design we talked about, like it's the centerpiece of the whole level. Like that's the first thing you'd see would be this big iron bull with this lava coming out of its mouth. And now it's just sort of like it's just kind of stuck to the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sin. So, Ejil's Idol, the way you can go inside the bull's head and look outside on the lava, yeah, yeah. made me think of the Statue of Liberty. It is a bit, yeah. So do you think this was supposed to be like a tourist attraction at some point? Well, the Big Marino is a tourist attraction. Okay, okay. And that also has eyes that light up at night. Okay, that's cool. I think this was designed as a roadhouse tourist attraction. And that <laughs> the reason the fire comes out of it is that at night, if you pull the switch, all the passing cars will see Ejil's idol. Oh. They'll pull in, get the family together, take some photos with the idol. <laughs> maybe buy some sausages. And that's it's all sorted. So if you could buy sausages on the spot and mm-hmm. like grill them on the fire, that's a pretty good business. Yeah. You don't have sausage sizzles in Canada, do you? They're just uh, an Australian thing. Please elaborate. The sausage sizzle is an Australian tradition that I don't take part in, uh, like most of our traditions. <laughs> um, and it's basically a spontaneous public barbecue. Oh. Where people will just announce there's a sausage sizzle at blank and you'll show up and there'll just be a whole lot of barbecues. That's amazing. Mm. So is that what it is? At any point, the Iron King can be like, there's a sausage sizzle. (laughs) 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 And everybody shows up. The thing is, if the Iron King is made out of lava, cooking food is redundant because it would cook as soon as he touched it. So the Iron King is like, there is a sausage sizzle on me. (laughs) No wonder Natalia fell in love with him. (laughs) She's like, I'll wait for you forever, my king. And he's just cooking sausages. (laughs) Oh, but that's so cute. I just have like this really cute image of the Iron King, you know, extending his hands and like the kids can make marshmallows on his like, like palms. Yeah. 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 I'm glad we reached this point about 10 minutes in because it usually takes about half an hour for these to completely disintegrate. So (laughs) thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sin. So another quick question. 
Sorry, I don't know what came over me. <laughs> Continue. So, Ichil's idol mm-hmm. is the bull. <laughs> yes. And in Japanese, it's called Ichil's iron statue? Yes. That means Ichil was a giant bull? All right. Can you can you go into more detail about this, please? If this is a statue of Angel, it doesn't have to be a statue of him. He could have he could have just made it. Why? That's my question because I don't know what this thing does. <sighs> it seems to just make itself very dangerous to be inside. Oh my God, Sophie! Oh my God, I figured it out. Mm-hmm. So you're saying. The statue doesn't have one for one to represent Egil. Well, I mean, you'd think if it did represent Egil, we'd have heard more about Egil. Okay. All right. Well, I just had a vision. I just had a whole board of strings appear in my mind, and they all connected. I'm glad. I'm glad someone's getting something out of this because, like. <laughs> We were going to talk about this later, but I'm going to bring it up now. Mm-hmm. There is a cut thing called Egil's Altar. Yeah, that's some after Iron King. Could you just talk about it a little and explain what that is? Where is it? So this is because um, you said to me last night, the primal bonfire is called Egil's Altar. And I said, yeah. And then you said, what do primal bonfires do? <laughs> And then I said, if you got into a primal bonfire and you shrugged. <laughs> so the primal bonfires are a, they're part of the way Dark Souls 2 works geographically. Because if you look at the construction of the levels, Iron Keep is a dead end, Black Culture is a dead end, Lost Bastille is a dead end, and Seldra is a dead end. So the reason the primal bonfires are there is that when you beat the boss and you get the great soul, you touch the primal bonfire and it doesn't work like a regular bonfire. It actually warps you directly back to Majula. Mm-hmm. So consequently, it doesn't count as resting at the bonfire. So you can use them and still get the no bonfire achievement. Mm-hmm. But basically, they're bonfires that warp you back to Majula. Um, they're unique. And they're also the ones Aldia comes out of. And two of them are guarding DLC entrances. And one of those is Egil's Altar. So the bonfire after Iron King. Internally, it's called Egil's Altar, but because the primal bonfires aren't on the bonfire menu, you never see the name. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sin. What's an altar? An altar is a raised structure that you would make like offerings to a deity on or you would pray to and you would find them in churches or you would find them like at just sort of sacred sites. So this is Egil's altar, yes. this place. Yes. That means if you wanted to communicate with Egil, you'd do an offering or whatever, a sacred chalice, I don't know, right? Right. So... Egil's idol is a giant bull. Egil's altar is located where there's a lot of lava. Is there not a sort of a bull who lives in lava? 
Well, it's got wings and it's humanoid. So, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but you did say earlier a statue doesn't have to be a one-to-one. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm going with this is that I think the old Iron King's name is Egil. Well, like... Pre-DLC, that's, like, a pretty safe thing to say, I think. Egil King. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense, Sophie, because, like, okay, let's say the old Iron King goes to the bank, right? And the bank... (laughs) Don't do that face, I'm trying to tell a story. (laughs) And the bank teller is like, oh, hello, Mr. King, how may I help you today? Well, the king's not going to be like, oh, please, call me Old Ryan. I mean, Iron. Old Ryan. <laughs> the king is going to be like, oh, please, call me Egil. Is he at the bank? Because at the bank, they tend to be quite formal. I don't know. I do my banking online. <laughs> <laughs> so the Iron King is going to the bank. And he's like, I need to make a deposit. Money's just melted. Oh no. Hi, Sophie here. Longtime listeners will be shocked to learn that the following conversation was very, very long and went absolutely nowhere. Anyway, the name Agil is likely derived from the Norse name Agil. Fromm's use of the name Agil is likely derived from the 13th century Icelandic poem, Agil's Saga. As the subject of his very own saga, the life of Agil is extremely well documented. But it's 5.45 in the morning and I don't have time to read it, so I went to his Wikipedia page, Ctrl-F the word fire, didn't see anything, and concluded that the parallels between the historical Agil and Pyromancer Agil are likely spurious at best. Back to the podcast. It doesn't get better. Sophie, can you please tell me the information we find in the DLCs? Why certainly, Sin. So in the DLCs, we find two pyromancies in the Crown of the Old Iron King DLC. And they are credited to Egil. And those are Dance of Fire and Fire Snake. So it fills into us that um, Egil was a pyromancer who was a follower of the Old Iron King. So Egil is not the Old Iron King. They were a follower of the Old Iron King, and they were obsessed with um, what they said was granting fire a will of its own. So that's why Egil's pyromancies are about flames that move by themselves and like seek out the enemy, because Egil is trying to like make the fire like like its own sort of sentient thing, and that's sort of what ends up happening in Iron Keep because the Iron King sinks below the earth and he he becomes like a massive living flame and lava. So. <laughs> So also in the Iron King DLC, we encounter these enemies that are just called Iron Warriors. And they are a kind of like, I guess, golem-like construction. They don't have a head, 
but they have on their shoulders like a kind of bull head. And it looks like it's just a shoulder pad design, but that mouth will open and lava will come out. Um, I guess similar to how the Eagle's Idol was supposed to function. And if you beat them, they have a very, very, very low chance of dropping a helmet called the Minotaur Helm. Okay. That looks like Eagle's Idol. Okay. And it says that the Minotaur Helm was a helm commissioned by the Old Iron King. And it was commissioned for ornamentation. So it looks like the old Iron King may have been the one who's like, I think you should build like a giant metal bull for me. This wasn't really an age-old thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a thing for bulls. Yeah, and he kind of turned into one a little bit. A little bit, yeah. And interestingly enough, there is an ironclad warrior phantom that appears before Eagle's Idol bonfire. In New Game Plus, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the description of the set that they're wearing is that ironclad soldiers were minions created by the old Iron King, their life granted by an enchantment of souls. Mm -hmm. So it seems like the old Iron King was into the transposition of souls that we talked about in a previous episode. Yeah, yeah, like the smelter demon is like, iron that was brought to life the old iron king himself like his soul is animating it's sort of muddled but like his soul is animating like earth Mm -hmm. so he wasn't like he wasn't a big balrog looking guy it's that his soul has animated a chunk of like inanimate earth and metal that's made him into the balrog thing and there's the reference to him building the dragon that like we never quite understood because mm-hmm. there's no iron dragon, but there's a bunch of things that, like, maybe that was supposed to be a dragon. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Someone left a comment saying that the room you fight uh, Fume Knight in, they said that that kind of looks like a dragon from the outside, so it's possible that was it. And, like, Broom Tower itself, the way it, like, spews flame, Broom Tower is kind of a dragon in some senses. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know what this is making me think? What if the old Iron King first commissioned Egil's idol to try and bring it to life? Maybe, yeah. But maybe that didn't work, so he's like, I will be the test subject. Is this from like a Marvel movie that you're remembering? (laughs) (laughs) This is the Abomination's backstory. So we're pretty much done with Angel's Idol, but before we move on, <laughs> before we move on, what are your final thoughts? All right. So um, the item descriptions in English, they say that Angel was a magus who served the old Iron King. Going back to Japanese, Angel is called the. Um, Jujutsushi, which is the same title that they give to Glocken, the same title they give to the other pyromancers. It just means master pyromancer. Um, so yeah, Ejil is a master pyromancer who works for the Old Iron King. And that's kind of interesting going back to what we talked about with regard to Glocken. Because in Dark Souls 1, the pyromancers are like outcasts, basically. They're apart from civilization. They keep to themselves. They're like, 
living in little huts and swamps and stuff like that. They're like, um, they're like witches sort of, um, the, the word for that becomes pyromancy in English doesn't actually specify fire at all. The word is, um, it's like uh, jujutsu, which is just like, it's sort of, it's like, um, special techniques sort of thing, but it's something that's, it's more like intuitive magic. It's not a sort of studied, learned thing. It's like witchcraft or like something like that. Um, so that's sort of the connotation of a pyromancer in Dark Souls. Like they're sort of like a loner and they live by themselves and they just sort of like, they're engaging with this magic by sort of like just feeling it and sort of grasping it that way, as opposed to like, you're like Griggs of Vinheim or Big Hat Logan, where they're like sitting around reading books all day and trying to figure out this like rational understanding of how sorcery works. So what's interesting about two, which we kind of hit on with Glocken, is that Glocken is a pyromancer, but he's a pyromancer who works at an academy with these very scholarly, methodical sorcerers. And now we have another instance in Agil of a pyromancer who is like in the court of this very influential king. So like being a pyromancer has sort of like, it shifted from being a weirdo who lives in a swamp to just, this is, this is like, they're people who are welcomed into kind of powerful positions and that, yeah, it's a big change. It's also notable in two that you cannot choose pyromancer from the start. You can pick sorcerer, you can pick cleric, but you cannot pick pyromancer. And pyromancy is something that you need to acquire like later on in your travels, you find a pyromancy flame. So it's almost like what pyromancy is has changed, has become like a tool that some people use. And that's sort of, I think, picked up in Lost Bastille. Because Lost Bastille, you find the pyroflame on the way to Lost Bastille. And then when you're in Lost Bastille, it's full of people who are exploding. And it's got those big guys who shoot fireballs at you and will also drop pyromancies very rarely. And at the end of Lost Bastille, you have to fight the Lost Sinner, who is like the Witch of Isolith, um, kind of reincarnated. So it's almost like all the... They specify hollows are being sent there, but like there does seem to be some fixation with pyromancy there. And then you have like the other pyroflame is found in the gutter, where they've thrown away everything that's not relevant to them anymore. And the gutter is also where you find the pyromancer set from Dark Souls 1. It's it's in like a pot. So yeah, pyromancy is just it's changed a lot since one by the time we get to two. It's simultaneously like the old pyro stuff is being forgotten and sort of experimented with, but then you also have pyromancers in sort of influential positions where they have some kind of authority. So, thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sin. Hi, Sophie here. Sin needs an edit point for the podcast, so she's asked me to distract you. So, according to Wikipedia, there is an Icelandic chat show that is named after Agil, 
It's called Agil's Silver because Agil allegedly buried like a whole lot of silver in treasure chests somewhere in Iceland. And um, there's an Icelandic chat show host who's also called Agil, so he called his chat show Agil's Silver. I, I went looking, I tried to find like a funny clip or a still or something of this Agile Silver chat show, but I couldn't find any. Because uh, if you typed Agile Silver in, you just find uh, references to, to the historical uh, Agile. I also saw Agile referenced in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I thought, good, we'll be able to get a, a screenshot of Agile from that, but we can't, um, because he's not actually in it, they just use his poetry in it. Um... I think it's it's like a horrible twist of fate that we've done a whole lot of recordings with Asa, who is Icelandic, and we've now hit like this this actual important Icelandic figure, and he's not here. So um, maybe we'll have him on sometime to discuss uh, the historical Agil, who is frankly a lot more interesting than a pyromancer Agil, but it's it's too late to do anything about that now, isn't it? So, um, back to the podcast. Iron bulls are a real thing. They are, um, they're more popularly brass bulls. Iron ones might have existed, though. They were a torture device. Mm -hmm. Um, they would make a hollow bull out of brass and they would heat it. Mm -hmm. They would put someone inside it. That's so messed up. Yeah, and um, as they screamed, it would come out of the mouth of the bull. Oh my god! Oh, that is really. So it's meant up. to be like like a bellowing bull, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember they had one in Amnesia: Dark Descent. Oh no! Yeah. Oof. They also have them in movies. Yeah. I don't remember which movie though. It was something about Greek gods. I think it was Immortals. That was the more recent one with Mickey Rourke, and he had this ridiculous hat that looked like a lobster. <laughs> but, no, he was he was this like ancient Greek warlord, but he's just Mickey Rourke. He's not putting. It was like I have been chosen by the gods. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. In theaters, oh my I god! I saw so Immortals cute. in theaters because it was a Tarsum Singh film. <laughs> I always go and see it in theaters. Who is that? He's he's a, a director who's like an incredible visual stylist. Ah. So even if he did the cell, who we were talking about the other oh, day. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah the yeah. cell is so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like even if um the script is not very good, uh Tarzan Singh I feel is all is always worth watching. Sophie, do the outro. That was The Snack Covered in episode 274. Everything you could ever want to know about Pyromancer Agil and a whole lot of other things that I don't think anyone wants to know. <laughs> and today's podcast was made possible by GlockensPyromancyAcademy.com. <laughs> thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sin. And thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> I'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye!